Hi there, and welcome again to Unknown Friends, my weekly book review podcast. I am Rochelle Ferguson, your host from Kitty Wham Productions, and I'm so glad you have tuned in today. This is episode three of our second season, and don't forget to hit that subscribe button if you want to hear more book reviews in future, and also give us a star rating if you enjoy listening. I am... Seriously, so excited for today's book review. Uh, and not just today's, but next week's too, since as I announced last week, I am spending two weeks this time on a single book, something we have never done before on Unknown Friends. Uh, we're going to be taking an in-depth look these two weeks at Jane Austen's controversial novel, Mansfield Park. I have literally been wanting to review Mansfield Park ever since I first started the podcast uh, over nine months ago now. Uh, and I actually started making notes for a Mansfield episode last spring. I was so eager to review it. Uh, but for a number of reasons, it just it couldn't happen until now. But here we are. It's finally happening, and I could not be more thrilled. Now, from what I've already said, it might sound like Mansfield Park is my favorite book ever or something. Uh, it's not. Honestly, I don't think I'd even call it my favorite of Jane Austen's main six novels. Well, my favorite Jane Austen novel changes pretty often, I have to admit. Um, I did consider Mansfield Park my favorite maybe whew, 10 years ago uh, in my teens, because at the time I, I really needed it. I needed its heroine as a, a role model to an extent. And then I quite liked Emma for a while, mostly I think because of Mr. Knightley. And then my sister eventually kind of persuaded me well, huh, no pun intended. Well, I guess now the pun is intended. My sister persuaded me that Persuasion was Austen's best novel. Uh, but then after college sometime, Sense and Sensibility kind of became my favorite. And now if I were forced to choose, or if I had a book review podcast and volunteered an answer, I think I would have to say Pride and Prejudice is my current favorite. I, I sort of resist saying that since Pride and Prejudice is probably Austen's most popular novel and I dislike bandwagons, but occasionally bandwagons are correct and having recently reread Pride and Prejudice, I, I have to say it's pretty nearly perfect. So anyway, uh, not that anyone was asking, but there is the brief history of me and my favorite Jane Austen novels. So Mansfield Park. I, I love this novel. It helped and inspired me as a teen. I think the book has a lot to offer, uh, and even some things that you don't get or, or not as clearly from Austen's other novels. So I think Mansfield Park is amazing, and I, I don't know how many times I've read it. But no, it's not perfect, and we are going to get into both its merits and its flaws this weekend next. It is, most people agree, Jane Austen's most controversial novel. Some of us love it, and some absolutely detest it, even some readers who love her other books. So this is why I felt it deserved two episodes, because there is lots to discuss. So briefly, um, the novel's context. Jane Austen was born in 1775, died in 1817 at age 41 from, we are not sure what kind of illness, 
I have discussed more details of her biography in my previous reviews of Persuasion and Sense and Sensibility, so if you're interested, you will find those reviews in episodes 7 and 20 of season 1. Uh, and episode 7, by the way, features my sister Lorray as a guest discussing Persuasion, so you should definitely look into that. For today's purposes, rather than going into Austin's biography at length, I just want to discuss the publication of Mansfield Park specifically. It was her third published novel, after Sense and Sensibility first and Pride and Prejudice second, and it was very popular with readers. Mansfield Park came out in 1814. Uh, the first printing sold out in six months. And then the second printing sold out too, and Austin actually made more money from the publication of this novel than from any of her other books. Uh, so you you could call that a success. Uh, from what I understand, the public and critical response to the book remained mostly positive, with exceptions, naturally, uh, until about the 1960s or 70s. And since then, views have widely differed. Some critics still praise the book, but many either disdain it or uh, choose to interpret it in new ways. And I do not think it's coincidental that the shift in criticism happened around the 60s. I think opinions changed in tandem with the rise of second wave feminism and other social movements of the 60s and 70s, which started to change some of our cultural assumptions and thought processes. Anyway... So Mansfield Park was published in 1814, uh, the third of Austen's four novels to be published before her death, and this one is the longest of all her six novels. Uh, it has Emma beat by just a few thousand words. The heroine of Mansfield Park is Miss Fanny Price, and while most of the novel takes place once Fanny is a young woman, we do actually get to watch her grow up from childhood to adulthood over the book's first few chapters, uh, whereas Austen's other five novels all begin with the heroine already grown up. Uh, so we get to observe Fanny's development over her teenage years. The book opens, though, uh, introducing us to the family that owns the estate of Mansfield Park, the Bertram family, whose head, Sir Thomas Bertram, is a baronet, so quite a wealthy, uh, respectable family. Lady Bertram, however, originally came from not quite so elegant a family, and her youngest sister, Frances, uh, moved in the opposite direction when she married. Rather than a baronet, she married a poor, uneducated sailor. So that ended any substantial interaction between the two sisters and their families. Lady Bertram and Sir Thomas live at Mansfield Park. They have uh, two sons and two daughters who will all receive the finest education and be expected to marry very well when they grow up. Whereas Frances Price lives in a little house in Portsmouth with her husband and almost too many children to feed. So, as the novel opens, the Bertram family has compassion on the Price family and decides to do something for the Price children. Uh, first, Sir Thomas Bertram helps the eldest Price boy, William, start along the path of becoming a sailor like Mr. Price, and then... The Bertrams also offer to take the eldest Price girl, 
from her home in Portsmouth and raise her at Mansfield Park, care for her, educate her, essentially make her one of the family. Well, the Prices will take any help they can get, so they, with rather shocking readiness, renounce their claims on their eldest daughter, Fanny, and send her off to live with the Bertrams at Mansfield Park, uh, perhaps never to come home again. Fanny is just 10 years old at the time, and she is understandably frightened to leave home and intimidated by this great family she's joining. Her uncle is well-meaning, but somewhat severe. Uh, Her aunt is also well-meaning, and she is gentle, but she is selfish and completely lazy. Fanny's cousins are all slightly older than she is, all very well-educated, and the two girls, at least, uh, Mariah and Julia, really look down on their, their ignorant little cousin. They're not nasty toward her, really. They're just condescending, and they just don't care about her that much. Um, The boys, the two oldest cousins, Tom and Edmund, are old enough and uh, easygoing enough that they don't feel the need to snub Fanny. Uh, And Edmund, in fact, is very kind to her. He is probably the most observant of all his siblings. Well, of his whole family, actually. And as soon as he realizes how much this little girl misses her family and just feels utterly out of place at Mansfield, Edmund reaches out to her and uh, makes an effort to help her find her place and learn and uh, make good use of the opportunity she's been given for a better education and uh, in some ways a better life than her old home uh, could offer her. So while everyone else either ignores Fanny or (laughs) takes advantage of her willingness to serve them, uh, Edmund watches out for her, helps teach her, and in time helps her learn to think of Mansfield as home, despite its flaws. So Fanny grows up in this environment, always overshadowed by her cousins Mariah and Julia, who are fashionable and smart and beautiful and rich. Um, Fanny is mostly ignored by her uncle and her oldest cousin Tom, and she is constantly demeaned by one character who actually I haven't mentioned yet, another aunt. So Lady Bertram and Mrs. Price have one more sister, now the widowed Mrs. Norris, who lives near Mansfield Park and is almost always around, and she is probably the most infuriating character in the novel. Essentially, she is determined to keep Fanny in her proper place, beneath everyone else in the family. So she is constantly criticizing her, trying to humiliate her, finding fault with Fanny all the time. Mrs. Norris is the worst. But through it all, Edmund sees potential in Fanny and always shows compassion and concern for her and tries to get his family to treat her better. You can already see, by the way, a bit of similarity between the setup of this novel and a rather famous fairy tale. Mansfield Park is sometimes compared to Cinderella, a poor girl who serves others without reward in a family that's not really her own, underestimated and mistreated by especially the females in her pseudo-family. There is there is a kind of likeness. I don't know how intentional that was, and I will say in my opinion, the likeness between the two stories pretty much ends there. But it can inspire uh, interesting trains of thought to consider 
comparisons like that. Anyway, moving forward with the storyline. For the first few chapters, we follow Fanny as she grows up, and then we slow down the progression of the plot right about when she turns 18, and we focus for the rest of the novel on about the next year of her life. A lot happens in that year. First, her cousin, Mariah, the elder of the two Bertram girls, gets engaged to an extremely eligible bachelor in the neighborhood, Mr. Rushworth, and then two other young people move into the vicinity of Mansfield Park, a brother and a sister, Mr. Henry Crawford and Miss Mary Crawford, also two very eligible individuals. Henry Crawford soon ingratiates himself with the Bertram girls and Mary herself with the Bertram boys, and Fanny watches all this happen with some worry and some pain, uh, because while the Crawfords are friendly and charming and everyone loves them, Fanny observes them carefully and begins to doubt whether either sibling has real moral fiber. She's not sure they can be relied on in any meaningful way. But time moves along. The Bertrams and Crawfords become fast friends, and at some point, in search of entertainment and something to do, the young people decide to put on a play together, just for fun, at Mansfield Park. And this circumstance is especially fascinating to me as a playwright. Uh, we'll get into it a bit more next week in part two of this review, but I will just say for now, Jane Austen introduces some very worthwhile, uh, perceptive, ethical questions as her characters create this uh, home theater. Anyway, the acting scheme at Mansfield escalates and then diffuses rather suddenly from a cause I won't go into in this episode, and then the big change that shapes the last half of the novel is this. One of the several young men I have mentioned surprisingly falls in love with Fanny Price, and all kinds of complications then arise. And I won't spoil the book by describing how that all evolves, uh, what Fanny thinks and does in response, and what the final outcome is among all the relationships that have developed among these young men and women who've gotten to know each other at Mansfield Park. Let me just give a brief sketch of Fanny Price's character to help explain why I like the book and also why others don't. Fanny is different from Austen's other heroines. Well, actually, I say that, but no, each of her heroines is totally unique. You, you cannot bunch any of them uh, together. But uh, let, let's take Lizzie, Elizabeth Bennet from Pride and Prejudice, who is probably Austen's most popular, most well-known heroine, uh, and the heroine we kind of think of when we think in general of Austen heroines. And we can contrast Lizzie against Fanny. In personality, the two are quite different. In other ways, they're more similar than you would imagine, but in personality, they differ. Fanny, I would not describe as witty. I would not describe her as charismatic or outgoing like Lizzie is. Fanny Price is introverted. She is quiet. She avoids the attention of others. 
and she prefers to serve rather than be served. Now, she is highly intelligent. She is quick and discerning. She's very patient. And while lots of readers claim that Fanny has absolutely no sense of humor, that is simply not true. I could point you to specific places in the novel that show she does indeed have a sense of humor. It's just a uh, restrained one. Now, we will discuss this more next week, but I just want to quote one line from the book, which I think sums up Fanny's character very well. She is trying to explain herself to Miss Mary Crawford late in the novel, and she's looking back over certain events earlier in the story, and Fanny makes this simple but true statement. I was quiet, but I was not blind. Fanny sees. And her quietness, I think, helps enable her to see. She is an observer, a keen observer, waiting and watching in silence while everyone else is too busy talking and doing things to stop and really perceive what's happening. Fanny sees the truth about herself and about everyone around her, even when no one else can see it. And I think I can say without exception that every other character in the book is blind to some extent, and most of them proclaim pretty loudly what they, uh, in error, think they see, whereas Fanny is the only one who is not blind. Now, is Fanny perfect? No, none of, none of Jane Austen heroines are perfect. They all change in the course of their stories. But whereas some require a real moral turn, a repentance and change of mind. I'm thinking of uh, Lizzie, Emma, and others. In contrast, some of her heroines simply need growth. They don't need to renounce some fatal fault, but they mature over the course of their stories. Their virtues deepen and their flaws fade. I'm thinking of Eleanor, Anne Elliot, uh, and yes, Fanny Price. Fanny tends to be a very timid person, and I think this is the main weakness that we get to watch her uh, overcome. She is timid by nature, and as a result of her childhood of neglect and emotional abuse. And some readers despise her for her timidity, but this is an essential element of her character uh, and her character growth that Austen wants to explore in Mansfield Park. Because Fanny does, in fact, develop incredible strength of character. She's tested to an extreme degree. And I think in the end, she is the strongest character in the book. But we will be analyzing that next week, especially Fanny's seeming timidity in comparison and contrast to the boldness uh, and willfulness of the Crawford siblings, especially but more on that in in part two. So to wrap up, I have always loved Mansfield Park because of the role model of moral strength that Fanny Price provides us with. She is physically weak, her personality is humble and uh, sensitive, but she has a stronger heart and will than any other character in her story. And she's extraordinarily perceptive. She sees through other people. She sees them accurately, even when no one else sees rightly. And I think those qualities make her well worth imitating, and therefore her story well worth reading, 
because it's only the best stories that give us characters worth imitating. Now, a final word for those of you who have not yet read Mansfield Park. I highly recommend it, and I hope you give it a try. Be warned, though, that as I have said, the novel is hotly debated and inspires everything from devotion to contempt. Uh, Plenty of readers simply find Fanny Price boring. I don't, but lots of people do. Whether you are bored by this heroine or not, I hope you will not read the novel and settle for your first impressions. Dig in, reread it, read criticism and reviews. Uh, Listen to my next episode if you want my analysis. Discuss it with your friends, but do not shrug off the novel without really trying to understand it. I've heard lots of readers say Mansfield Park seems to them like a fluke. They love Austen's other novels, but wonder what in the world she was thinking when she wrote this one. My personal opinion is that those readers either have not taken the time to really wrestle with Mansfield Park, or they may have misunderstood all of Austen's other works, because this one is in perfect harmony with the others, if you understand it, uh, while still offering a new variation on Austen's old themes. And I'm so looking forward to discussing both how Mansfield fits with the other novels and how it is unique next week, when I will get to delve into the details of what Jane Austen is doing in this story. So thank you for listening today, and come back for part two of this book review in episode four if you're interested in my interpretation of Mansfield Park's deeper themes and controversial characters. Remember, spoilers will abound next week, so do not be surprised if you listen and discover uh, who marries who and all that. I just can't give a, a proper defense or analysis of the story without spoiling certain plot points, so my apologies. But I hope you enjoyed part one of this review, and I will look forward to being back with those of you who aren't afraid of spoilers next week for our continued discussion of Mansfield Park. 